started on this journey with Jesus how do I um, how do I become a disciple like I surrendered my life to Christ and I didn't do anything with it and I don't know how to get back on this journey I don't know I don't know what to do and uh, so when people don't know what to do they do nothing <clears throat> And me being just completely candid with you today, that's what I've done for the last two weeks with this podcast because fear, the fear of not knowing how to operate the garage band and and all these different things has, has crippled me. And so I'm not very computer savvy. Um, so I've done nothing. So I'm, I'm here to confess right before we get started that I understand if that's you today and you and you've given your life to Christ, you uh, believe that he was, he was who he said he was, that he died for you, you repented of your sins, and you're sitting there wondering, what do I do? Well, this, this, is, uh, this podcast will be for you. And if you've already done this, this pod, we're going to be talking about discipleship on this podcast, so that's what he called us to do. Uh, but so often as humans, we want to we want to know, we want to have information, we want to know before we go. And Jesus just he doesn't operate that way. Uh, he doesn't operate like we do. He 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 had an upside down kingdom from the, from the Jump Street, and he was doing things that were not traditional uh, with with the uh, the times that he was that he walked this earth. What he requires is us to have faith and. In Hebrews 11.1, it says, Faith is assurance of things hoped for and the convictions of things not seen. And the centralized topic of, of faith, or the faith is basically centralized around confidence and trust. Jesus wanted his disciples to put their faith and their trust in him on day one. And 2,020 years later, he wants us, me and you, to do, do the same exact thing. So we talk about the beginning of discipleship. And we can, we can turn to the book of Matthew. And I'll read uh, Matthew chapter 4, uh, verse 18. It's, it's when, when Jesus met his first disciples. And I'll read it. It's verse 18 through, through uh, 22. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers... Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, John, son of Zebedee, and his brother James. They were in a boat 
with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. And Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father. Father, they left the boat and their father, and they followed Jesus. If you uh, if you turn to Mark, it's the same same account. Um, in Mark chapter one. Um, but Luke, Luke has a, Luke chapter five has a little bit different twist to it. All these are the gospels and it said, uh, in verse one, it says one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge, two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and talked to people from the boat. When he finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out in the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let the nets down. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their parents in the other boat, excuse me, they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. So were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their, net, their boats up on the shore. They left everything and they followed him. So these were the first four disciples of Jesus. He would go on to have 12, uh, the 12 disciples, as you probably read in the Bible. Or have heard the stories and they walk with him for three years and uh, Jesus was pre preparing them for something they had no idea was coming and um, so the end of his discipleship at the end of his discipleship with these guys in Matthew chapter 28 verse 19 and 20 he says go or we'll, we'll back up let's back up Right before Jesus, he had he had already resurrected. He had been he had walked with him for, I think, forty or fifty days, and then he was going back up to be with the Father. He said, "All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you." And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The teaching and obeying everything I've commanded you. That is, that's what discipleship is. It's learning. The essence of discipleship is one follower of Christ leading others to follow them as they follow Jesus. As Paul would write in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, it says, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So how do we, how do we learn if we're not involved? Like, and that's, 
I've seen it so much. Um, people get baptized and and then they're, they're never discipled, and then they they don't know what to do. And so back to what I said earlier, they do nothing, and they go back to doing what they've always done. Um, Benjamin Franklin said this. He says, "Tell me I forget, show me I remember, involve me and I learn." And that is what a disciple is. A disciple is a learner who follows a master teacher, that master being Jesus. So you've been to school. How do you learn? Well, you study. And look, man, this, this thing of following Jesus, is, it's not easy. And I definitely would not try to do this alone. Um, I would get with people who are following Jesus. Uh, that was, that was how I did it. Someone discipled me. They asked me, are you ready to walk with Jesus? And I said, yes. I had no idea what that yes meant. I had no idea that eight years later, I would be sitting here on this microphone telling you about discipleship, which I knew nothing about. But see, as we grow and study and learn, we must remember one thing that that we're not doing this only for our benefit. We are doing it, it to learn more about who Christ is, who God is, his nature, his character. But we're, we're learning for the benefit of others so that we can go and share and that we can share what, what, what God is doing in our lives through Scripture, through, through community. We also get to witness when you're around uh, the community of, of, of followers they get to share with you what Jesus is doing in their life or, or, or one of their friends. And, and then you start you start doing exactly what the, what the New Testament is about. It's just, it is testifying to what Jesus did on this earth, what God has done, what God has created from the beginning. He, he had a redemptive plan from when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. We were separated from him and there was no way we could get back. We were too sinful. If you sin one time, you're out. And he knew that there had to be a way back. So he created a, a redemptive plan, a love story. He was going to, he had to send down Jesus as the propitiation for our sins so that we could have a, we could be restored back to a relationship with God for all who believe that Jesus is God in man form. And he did what he said he was going to do. He died. Three days later, he was resurrected. It makes no sense to the common man, and sometimes it just continues to blow my mind, but I believe. So look, you know, you might be asking, like, well, what's the best way to, to do this? You know, the best way to make disciples is to first and foremost become a disciple. You might say, well, that's kind of obvious, but... But there's so many people out there that, that call themselves Christians, but they've never been disciple. And to be effective in teaching others, we must be committed to becoming a lifelong learner ourselves. And, and in my opinion, our culture, they use words that, that have been used and they don't really know why they're using them. They use Christian versus disciple. They use Christian versus follower. And I found these are some facts that I've, and you can check me on it, but in the Bible, the word Christian is used 
three times. In Acts eleven twenty six, in Acts twenty six twenty eight, and First Peter four sixteen. The word disciple is used over two hundred and seventy times. So it, it it really boils down to what do you think when God repeats something over and over? He he, he said go and make disciples. He didn't say go and make denominations. He didn't say go and make Christians. He said go and make disciples. And disciples are Christians who follow Jesus. In this world that we live in, has there's so many things that, that could come in the way of that. And, um, you know, it's we use the word believe a lot. Believe. I, I believe. And look, I believed. I believed who Jesus was. I believed that Jesus was the Son of God. Believing that and believing in is is two different things. It's it's like my daughter, you know, when she was my daughters when they were learning how to swim, the first time they jumped in the pool, I was sitting there just saying, Come. They believed that I was her father. They believed that that, that was my father sitting in the pool saying, Come. But not until they believed in me that I'm going to catch them, that I'm going to be, protect them, that I'm not going to let them drown. They had to put their faith in me and they had to jump. And that is what God is asking us to do. To put your faith in me. To trust me for your for your plans, for your life. Maybe what you thought you were supposed to do, but I have a better plan for you. I have in John 10 10 it says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and life to the full. I have a plan that I'm going to give you a fulfilled life. It doesn't mean you're going to have cash and prizes. It doesn't mean you're going to have the best job in the world. It means you're going to have a fulfilled life. You're going to have joy, peace, patience, kindness, all the fruits of the Spirit as you walk. It doesn't happen overnight. It happens on the journey. Really, the, the, the bottom line is when people become disciples, they start to learn what Jesus said, and then they begin to live out what Jesus did. In our society, you know, we've been misled at times. And, and sometimes it's it's through churches and sometimes it's through the enemy. He tries to deceive us. He tries to convince us, whatever the case may be, that salvation and baptism is the end goal. And that is far from the truth. We think it's the finish line. We give them a, a reward and high five and we're going to go celebrate. We're going to go eat Mexican afterwards and we're going to take pictures and all those things. But then nobody comes alongside that person to disciple them. Why is that? Well, I say this. It's probably because no one ever discipled the ones before them. There was generational gaps in the book of Judges to where the book before Judges, they witnessed God part the Red Sea. They came out of captivity. They walked into, they walked into freedom. That the ground was dry. I, I, I still can't imagine. Like I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. Like, and then in the book of Judges, on page two, the second chapter. 
after they had witnessed all of these miracles, they had, they had been enslaved for hundreds of years, and they come out of slavery. They watch God tell Moses to put your staff on the ground. When he, when he hit his staff on the ground, the Red Sea parted. They walked on dry ground, and it says this in verse 12 of Judges chapter 2. After that, a whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors. Excuse me. After that, a whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors. Another generation grew up who neither knew the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. So there was a generational gap in knowing who God was, and now we sit here with generational gaps in, in discipleship. And it's practically impossible for someone to lead another person on a journey that they've never been on. And so, I, you know, I, at times in my walk, I was like, why did my mom and dad tell me about this importance of following Jesus? Well, it was because they weren't told that. It wasn't that they, they did the best they could and I love them and I, I, I'm so grateful for, for what they've done in my life. But it goes back to the discipleship thing. Nobody discipled my parents. And so they had to, uh, they, they didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to disciple me because they hadn't been discipled. And so if that's you today, man, like I'm just here, here to tell you that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, how old you are, it doesn't matter how how much or how little you know. Jesus never told the 12 disciples, like, hey, wait, and I need you to become more mature in your faith, and then I'll come back and I want you to follow me then. Their, their maturity was developed along the journey with Jesus, and that is where our maturity is developed, along the journey with Jesus and, and the disciples that are in your life. So often these, these, these barriers, I call them, they're lies, actually, that we often believe. And I've heard this in the last couple of weeks. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough at praying. I can't pray over somebody. I don't know enough Bible verses. I don't know the Bible. Um, that's the whole point of Bible study because we don't know. And the only thing that God wants us to know is is he wants us to know him. He wants to know his character. He wants us to know his character, his nature, who he is. He wants us to know, he wants us to know how much he loves us. So much that he sent his only son. He actually stepped off his own throne of glory, being worshiped by the angels. He's like, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go fix this. I gotta bring back my people to myself. So he stepped off his throne became a human, born of a virgin. His name is Jesus, God in man form, to pay for sinners like me and you. We didn't deserve it. What we deserved is eternal damnation. But he, he said, I, I, I love you enough to give you an opportunity to come back to me. And so we, let, we also let fear. We let fear. I may not be able to answer the questions. Man, so what? There are so many questions I have right now and I'm still seeking and still, and there are, there are questions I'll never understand. 
But it, he never asked us to understand. He said, will you trust me? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Believe it or not, he, he factored in our stupidity in the whole plan. So we should be able to rest, at least it, for me, like I, I know that, that God factored in my stupidity. So uh, he does it. It's not, it's not difficult. He is not a God of confusion. He wants us to know him. And if he wants us to know him and he knows that we're not the smartest tools in the shed, he's going to make it simple. It's, it, it's, it's trust and belief that God is who he says he is, that Jesus is who he says he is, and that he came to do what he said he was going to do and he fulfilled it. And now he wants to have a relationship with you. I've heard this. Well, I'm too old. I'm too old to disciple. I'm too old. No, you're not. No, you're not. If you're breathing, you have something to offer. And don't be embarrassed that you don't know enough. Me too, man. Like, the fact that I don't is the very reason why I keep coming back. And, and, and the more that that I learn, the bigger he, he becomes. It's, I live in Monroe, Louisiana. We live on I-20. I-20 runs east and west. And there's a town called Ravel. And they put a big old cross up on the south side of the interstate uh, several years ago. And, 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 and I use this uh, analogy. You can start seeing it several miles off. And it's, it's bigger than, than a, you know, maybe a cross you see in, in the middle of town. But as you get closer, it gets bigger. And it's the same way with Jesus, man. Like, if you'll just put, take these fears of, how do I do this? I don't know. And just go. And join a Bible study. It'll be the most, it'll be the most, it'll be, it'll be uncomfortable because I don't know. I don't know who I'm going to be talking to or whatever. But it'll be the best thing you ever did. That first day is the hardest one. Just make that step. Go to your church. Ask them, is there a discipleship group? How can I get plugged in? If you know somebody who's following Jesus, ask them, do you have a life group? Do you have a discipleship group? Do you have a Bible study? And just go and sit. My wife sat in a Bible study for five years, and when I tell you she didn't open her mouth, she rarely opened her mouth. It may have been to laugh at somebody, but it wasn't about, it was about her sitting just like the disciples, they sat for three years under Jesus' teachings. And then, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they had the Holy Spirit, and they, they started to understand all these different parables that Jesus was teaching them along the way. And, it, and they knew that they had to go. And for, I'm grateful for that. Man, I'm grateful for them, their courage. And you'll be grateful too if you will just allow God to give you the courage to just step out in faith and just say, you know what? I'm X amount of years old. I really, I, I want to follow Jesus. I'm curious. I want to know who he is. And I promise you, if you pray that prayer, Lord, I want to know you. And you mean that from the bottom of your heart. He will show you himself. The Bible says if you seek, you will find. But you will only find if you seek with all your heart. So I encourage you today. Um, get plugged in. If, if you are, are not a follower and you are curious and this, this podcast is speaking to you, if you even turned it on, 
then that means God is speaking to you and he wants you to become a disciple too. He wants you. He wants to use you. He wants you to come to know who he is. And he wants to use you to go and bring others to himself, just like he did with the 12 disciples. So I hope today, man, I hope today is an encouragement to you. I hope that, that you have a better understanding of, that we are called to be disciples and we are called to make disciples. And that doesn't, that never ends. It's a never ending process. I'm discipling my wife and my children and, and I have people discipling me and I'm discipling other people. And there's no age brackets. We're discipling some 18 year old girls, some 20 year old boys. I'm 48 years old. Makes no sense. But they're, but they're curious. They're wanting to know about Jesus and Jesus is starting to change their life through the scripture and through other people pouring into them. And he can do the same thing for you. So, so don't, don't be fearful. Fear is a spirit. God gave you a spirit of power and of love. And he loves you. And he wants you to become a disciple. And I hope today is the day that you step out in faith. I cannot wait to the next episode. I look forward to, to um, many more. And I hope that this was something that, that, could be, that was beneficial to you or that you could pass on to someone else. I love y'all. Y'all have a great day. Mm-hmm.